Welcome to the England Rugby Pod. As the 2019 Rugby World Cup kicks off, a huge thank you for downloading our 150th episode. England take on Tonga in their Pool C opener in their first of seven games en route to glory. You're listening to the England Rugby Pod, the rugby podcast that believes England will win the World Cup in 2019. Hey guys, this is it. Obviously the World Cup kicked off a couple of days ago, but today is when it really starts because England take on Tonga in their opening game. Uh, and joining me, of course, is Dan. Wow, so two years two years in the waiting. I almost two and a half, Dan. Two and a half years. Two and a half years. You've just in the thrown waiting. away six months, yeah. just just willy-nilly. Well, today is the day. Sorry, I almost got thrown off there. In the background, I have on Italy, Namibia. And uh, Namibia just scored an absolutely beautiful try. Nice. Um, but, mate, today is the day. We've been waiting for this for so long. And today is the day where England start their reign of world champions. Their reign of terror. <laughs> Whatever it takes. Uh, indeed, indeed. Well, look, before we get on to it, there's there's a few things to talk about with that game. And, of course, today's a, a live episode. Um, we we had discussed doing a midweek to talk about the team. And we just thought, you know what, there's so much going on with the World Cup. Um, the midweek episodes, which obviously we couldn't do the midweek, just gone because they haven't started yet. But the midweek episodes are going to be more dedicated towards kind of looking at what's going on in the wider World Cup. And um, obviously this week's a sl- slightly different with the with the USA game on Thursday, but going forward. So they, they will be more kind of like World Cup episodes, whereas these weekends are going to be focused on the England games themselves. So we'll do a little bit of uh, kind of roundup of what's happened uh, so far today. But yeah, going forwards, we'll, you'll get the, your World Cup fix midweek and then all about England at the weekends. Um, that is the, the plan anyway. And, you know, the best laid plans and all that. We'll see what happens. Um, but... Uh, <clears throat> it's been it's been an interesting uh, opening weekend. In fact, no, look, before we get into it, let's just quickly, we've got a couple of reviews. We'd like to read these out. Let's get these ones done first, and then we're going to come on to what's happened so far. Sound good, Dan? Sounds good to me. Right, so we've had, <clears throat> what, our old friend Wade is back, short and sweet. He says, chaps, don't listen to the haters. You continue to be one-eyed and uninformed. That's your brand. Keep it up. <laughs> I, I don't know whether to be happy or, or offended by that, but I'm going for happy. Thanks, Wade. I think you know Wade. <laughs> I think I think it's meant in Wade, the manner. I think Wade sees are. kindred spirits when he sees when he. When yeah, he I think he does. Um, you know, and, and you know he does. He didn't want to be the only one-eyed, uninformed uh, person. So <laughs> he's happy that we're here as well. Exactly, supporting his views. Anyway, moving on. Five stars. He's still got so I'll, I'll take it. Uh, this is from um, well, it's from Roundup. Uh, he's titled Facing Facts. Five stars. He says, after hearing the silly one-star review from Ubend on the latest episode, I needed to redress the balance. This is a podcast with a clear USP and a refreshing lack of hedged bets or thoughtful middle ground. England will win the World Cup, and that's a fact. These guys have been smart enough to get started basking in that glory for the last two and a half years, while others just sit there waiting for it to actually happen. Question. Guys, I'm super excited to be watching England versus Argentina in Tokyo. Predictions wow. for England's winning margin. Oh, wow. Firstly, firstly, thank you very much for the review. Secondly, that is awesome. I hope you have a great time out there. I'm massively jealous of that. Uh, winning margin versus Argentina. Uh, I think it'll be tight. I think we'll only win by about 18, 19. Uh, I can't go below you, Dan. That's just not how we roll. So I'm going yeah. to go, uh, I'm gonna have to go 22. I actually think, and it's something we may go on to, we will, well, we will will go on to a bit more. And Argentina did not concern me huge amounts yesterday. No, they didn't. Um, Yeah, yeah, you're right. Let's come on to that because we'll we'll kind of look at the the France-Argentina game briefly uh, before we get on to all the England stuff. So we'll come back to that. Uh, put a pin, stick a pin in it, Dan. Uh, <laughs> finally, from uh, from J Kelly one oh nine again, five stars. Love the pod. Enjoy listening to the pod every week. <clears throat> I enjoy the two shows. Billy came on. It would be good to have the three of you on one um, at uh, on on one at once. Oh, that's not a bad idea. Um, so we, which we can definitely look to do. And I have spoken to Billy, and he's up for it. But we just need to sort logistics and things, don't we? 
yeah, yeah. For, the, for the purposes of recording. But he says it adds another dimension to the discussions. Keep up the great work, lads. Loving the pod. Uh, so really appreciate that from Kelly 109 Thank um, you very much. Guys, keep those reviews coming. Um, we, we like, you know, particularly now the World Cup started, it'd be great to hear from you guys, hear what your thoughts are. Obviously, as you start to see our predictions coming true, you know, we can hear from, from the haters, come back and tell us we apologise, we were wrong. Um, you know that if anything goes horribly wrong and, you know, we're talking, you know, act of God or whatever, <clears throat> can't ensure for these sorts of things, um, then we will obviously be uh, putting our hands up, um, as we always do, not making excuses. But um, yeah, uh, reach out to us, guys. Um, head over to iTunes, rate us, review us there, or just reach out to us on email, englandrugbypod at gmail.com or on social. We're always on Twitter uh, at englandrugbypod, and we will uh, we, you know, we want to engage with you guys. So that's what this is all about. That's what the journey's been about. <clears throat> We're here now. Let's make this happen. Um, but yeah, some good reviews there. So really appreciate those. Yes, yeah, excellent, and thank yeah, ex- exactly. Thanks very much. But now. Let's yeah. let's get to it. This is this is huge. So as we record, Italy have just beaten Namibia. Um, the next game on is the number one team in the world, allegedly. Uh, in case anyone's wondering who that is, that's Ireland take on Scotland. I'm looking forward to that. I think that'll be a good game. I think it should. It should. The way that those two have been playing, uh, you know, looking at the warm ups and 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 what have you, uh, it should be an interesting. It should be an interesting game. You know, they, they know each other well, obviously, Six Nations every year. Um, and I, I genuinely, that could go, you know, I forget the world rankings for a minute. You know, there's been enough chat about that. But this game could go either way. Um, I think Ireland will win. Yeah, I think. Um, but it genuinely could go either way. And it, it could turn out, and the great thing about World Cups is that it doesn't, you know, you get these, these games where, where sides are evenly matched and they turn out to be amazing matches, regardless of how good, you know, if the quality is equal on both sides, it can be an amazing match. Yes. Um, so, you know, these guys might step up and have the games of their lives and we'll have a great game. Um, or or they might not be very good, but it will still be a great game. So, I'm, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think it will be an interesting one. Um I could be proved wrong. Maybe one will step up and one won't. But um, yeah, a lot to play for there. And I think both of them will be thinking, um, you know, a win here is is vitally important because, you know, although Japan were by no means clinical against Russia, they have that ability to create an upset. We've seen it before. We saw it in 2015 uh, against South Africa, they've they've got their first win, admittedly against Russia, um, one of the ones, one of the bankers, if you like. Yeah. Uh, although although credit to Russia, they gave them a good run in the first sort of half an hour. Or so I mean, they, they scored their first, tri- they, they scored the first try, uh, and they put them under, under pressure off from the kickoff, and it you know they looked solid. But yeah, Japan eventually um, won out. Um, but yeah, I think this game. Is is a massive one for their group because I think it pretty much guarantees the winner qualification. Yes, yes, I I, I would. Think Which so. is maybe a silly thing to say because it kind of applies to anybody. But but you know it's one of the it's one of the crunch games. So it's it, it's a vital input. You know if you if you've got a, a team with a, sorry a group sorry with with three potential qualifiers beating one of them. Is, is vitally important. So, yeah, massive game for these guys. It'll be an interesting one to watch. Um, but, yeah, we had... So, but going going back, I mentioned Japan beat Russia. That was in the opening game. That was on Friday uh, morning. Saturday, I mean, Super Saturday. That opening game, I don't know if any of you managed to get up at 5.15 to start watching the, <laughs> the, the, the build-up, 5.45 for the kickoff. But if you did, you'll agree it was worth it. Fiji, look... Dangerous, mate. Like, ah, oh. I know that every you know we talk about Fiji, um, and there's all the talk about oh, well, you never know they they could be a threat. You look at what they can do on the sevens circuit, and you know they are the world champions at sevens. Um, F- Fiji player for player have some of the best players in the world. They they were they. I mean, they look they they lack they lack probably the fitness to 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 offer an eighty minute challenge. Um, that's and, and you know and a lot of that's gonna, and, and they don't have the strength and depth. Um, you know there was a there was a slightly controversial tackle, if you want to call it that, um, 
made fairly early on in the first half on probably one of Fiji's best players, and it resulted in him going off the pitch. Um, the fact that when you watch the replays, it looks like it's the, the Australian player that comes off worse um, is n- not really the point. Um, but they just look... They j- the, the thing with Fiji is they will punish any mistakes. I think any any top top team that, that it can be clinical against them and, almost, you know, and faultless should win because Fiji are all about counter-attack. Um, but my God, when they get that opportunity to counter-attack, do they look dangerous? Um, and, you know, against Australia, every time that there was a, there was a handling error on the Australian side and, and Fiji turned the ball over, you genuinely felt like there was a, you know, Fiji were, were going to score. And, you know, they led the game for 60 minutes. That's the first time in over 50 years that they've been ahead against Australia um, at the halfway mark. Um, and it, and it, it genuinely felt like we were going to see the first upset. Um, I would not want to be a Welsh fan right now. Um, and I know that we like to give, the, give Wales a hard time. And it, that's, not, that's not what I'm talking about here. Wales are a, a defensive side. That's one of their strengths, right? Yeah. Um, but like everybody, they make mistakes. They make, handling, they make handling errors. Fiji will punish those mistakes. Australia won that game because they reached a point where they sort of turned it up a notch and they and they went on the attack um, and and they you know that's where they beat Fiji. I'm just not sure that Wales have got that that in their game um, and I think you know if if they make enough mistakes early on, Fiji could make it a very difficult game to come back come back into for them. So yeah, it's I, a big I, game I think for Wales. So. That, could be a, that, that is a big game for Wales, and, and Fiji are looking good and have the players to cause damage. But the next game, the next game on was, I think, the one that um, that is of most interest to us: Argentina France. Um, mm. So that that was that, when I say great game, I mean great game from a drama perspective. So at, at the end, I don't necessarily mean great game as in it's the best game of rugby you'll ever see. Um, well, what are your thoughts? I am, like I say, I when I say underwhelmed, I think that's unfair because there were moments where both teams I thought looked good. France were a bit worse than I thought they probably would be. With I thought France might come into this looking absolutely dangerous as hell. France weren't as as threatening as I thought, but Argentina were actually a bit better than I thought they would be. They're still, I still don't see them as a huge threat based on that performance, but they were ahead of where I thought they might be in France or slightly behind where I thought they might be. Yeah, um, I think that's probably fair. I, I didn't really, to be honest with you, Dan, I didn't really know where France were. I hadn't seen the the um, the France against Scotland and Scotland against France games in the, in the World Cup warm-ups because obviously they put them on that stupid TV channel that no one in England is going to subscribe to because we already spend too much on every other subscription. But um, yeah. Um, you know, and there was obviously a lot of chat about you know France are coming good and they're just right, just at the right time. They're looking dangerous, but a lot of that I think was coming more from looking at the team sheet. And you know, with France, you can always look at the team sheet and say they look good. Um, they definitely look more dangerous in the midfield. Um, I think the decision to leave out Bastero and, and and that kind of the the bulk that they've often gone with um, in the past to have a much more kind of free flowing midfield was was a good one, but. Uh, yeah, I I agree with you. It didn't feel watching the game. It didn't feel like, wow, you know, we've 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 got a, we've got a challenge on our hands, and that's that sounds awful to say, <coughs> but it didn't it didn't you know there were other games that I watched this weekend where I thought, okay, um, you know, that th- there's going to be some questions asked, and we're going to need to know how to answer them. Whereas I thought that in that game, I thought there were clear and obvious things that England could look at and go, all right, well, that's something we know we can dominate against France and that's something we know we can dominate against Argentina. I mean, the France scrum was was woeful. Um, and I think... Miles made a difference when he came on, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said sure. that. Do we, read, do we read into this? Is this opening game nerves or both France and Argentina missed... Pressure kick. So uh, Roman Intermac, uh, he had a kick basically to win the game. To no, it wasn't one hundred percent to win the game, but if he'd got that last kick, he'd yeah. been kicking well. 
not that difficult to kick, and he missed. And then Argentina, a lot more difficult kick, but still very gettable. Do we read into the fact that they both missed it, which seemed more around nerves rather than anything else? I mean, is, is, do we take heart from the fact that they they won't be able to shut out games, or do we just put that down opening day, opening day, you know, sort of nerves, not not really settled into the World Cup yet? Uh, I don't. I think. I think. No. I, I mean, I, I don't. Missing kicks isn't really a team thing, is it? I mean, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. True. You know, if true. you've got a kick to 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 beat France and you know potentially secure your your qualification, um, that's a lot of pressure. Maybe it's simply yeah. that it's it's a pressure kick and it was too much for him. Um, but I, yeah, I don't think at this at this stage these guys are coming into a World Cup. I don't think they can blame anything on nerves. I think you know you're, you're fully prepared. You've been in camp for however long preparing for this World Cup. I think you know these guys are, are professional sportsmen, and yeah, I don't think you can. I don't think you can point the finger at nerves for for a result. I thought that they came out and they both went for it, um, and I think they showed us. Yeah, sure. They, they yeah, it's easy to say, well, are capable of more. You know, you would hope so, because I don't think any team's ever going to come away from a game saying, you know, unless it's the World Cup final, saying we gave it absolutely everything we had and, and you know, that's all there is to it. You know, they're always going to come away going, yeah, we should have done this better and we should have done that better. And, and no doubt they can do better. But, you know, England have been saying the same thing. I think from our point of view, I think we look at those two sides and, um, you know, they both, they're, they're both very beatable for England. Um, and, you know, the, the key thing is, Obviously, we've got to go out today and beat Tonga, but the key yeah. thing when those games come around is just going to be we've got a guy who knows how to do his homework. You know, Eddie Jones. You know, this is what he does. This is what he. <laughs> this is what he lives for. This is why he came to England. You know, for this World Cup, he did it with Australia. Obviously, they didn't win, but they reached the final. Um, he did it with South Africa, um, not as the head coach, but but heavily involved, and they got to the final and did win. Um, and now he's here with England. Um, you know, obviously the upsets of 2015 with Japan, um, and you know he is—he's a specialist at identifying how do you beat each team. You know, there, there are lots of teams out there that that they play their style of rugby, um, and I think the All Blacks are probably a good example. You know, that—that's that, not to take anything away from them because obviously they're awesome and they're the best team in the world until we beat them at this World Cup. Um, but you know, they—they they very much play their style of rugby and everyone else struggles to adapt to it. I think under Eddie Jones, Eddie is about going, we're going to tweak our style of rugby to each team. And there'll be people who listen to this and say, what are you talking about? England don't have a plan B. But, um, you know, I would argue that, well... To those people, I'd say, you don't have a plan B. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> Strong response. Uh, thanks, thanks. Uh, in, in the typical style of the England rugby pod. I like it. Good. Yeah. And, and thank you for breaking me up there. I was starting to lose my train of thought. Bottom yeah. line, um, these two, yeah, I, did, no, it didn't really concern me. Other games did. Uh, yeah, exactly. Well, let, let's very quickly go through South Africa and New Zealand because I'm just desperate to talk England today and okay. right now. Uh New Zealand beat South Africa, both two incredibly good teams at the moment, our two biggest threats. Uh, as you said to me when we, sw- we spoke about it, that now means we are unlikely to meet New Zealand because we'll obviously win our group. We're unlikely to meet New Zealand in the final. We'll meet them en route. And South Africa are as yeah, likely to Congratulations to South else. Africa um, for, for... Avoiding England. Yeah, avoiding England until the final. Yeah, yeah, I exactly. see what I see what you've done there. Yeah, very sly, very sly. Um, but both teams, both teams look good. Yeah, and I just, uh, you know, let's just put it, if England were to lose one of their groups, group games and, co- and and come second in the group, it'll be because they want New Zealand in the final. Yeah, they, they want to be, they want to be the best to but, win. But they're not going to do that. Winning, winning ways, that's what it's all about. Unbeaten all the way through. That's the key. That's the plan. We'll have New Zealand in the semis, South Africa in the final. And I think if you were to do that, when we do that, Dan, there can be no question. Yes, exactly. I, I completely agree. But right, okay. Now, now we well. now this is it. This is the game of the weekend. England Tonga. Our team 
is this our first choice team with with what's available? Obviously, you know, Mako injured. But it's with it, I, when I first saw it, I thought I thought this is our World Cup final team. I actually don't think it's quite a World Cup final team. Who do, who do, who do you think if, if today was the World Cup final and the same injuries were there? Well, assuming that we that it would be the New Zealand or South Africa. I guess there's a question of, there's a question, do you, if you were going to start forward at 10 and therefore have Manu at 13, would you want Cock and Asiga on one wing? So you've got oh. that, which, he, which he, he's not even in the 23 today. Yeah, that, that, that was something that surprised me, Cotton. I, I am surprised by both Slade and Joseph on the bench. I think the reason for that is I think Slade might come on at 12 at some point. Yeah, quite possibly rest Farrell. Well, it's not even just about resting Farrell. Well, Farrell goes ten, actually, wouldn't he? Yeah, that, that's what I. That's what I think. I think Eddie wants to see because obviously Slade and Tuilagi have worked fairly well together, actually. But they worked well with uh, Tuilagi at twelve, Slade at thirteen. I wonder whether Eddie wants to see how that works the other way around. Maybe. Maybe, or, although, yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I think what people need to remember is we've got a four-day turnaround to the USA game. So really, we need to create two 23s out of our 31 over the course of four days. Um, so for anyone going, why on earth are we playing such a strong side uh, you know, against uh, you know, a, weaker, a weaker opposition? Um, it's because we've got two games you know, of teams in a similar position in the world rankings four days apart and and you need to spread it out and I think you know you play people, some of your big guns today because it gives them that extra amount of time to recover for um, I, I think you start strong as well yeah true I mean I think I mean I say all of this but you know we, we're probably going to see Billy Vernopola start every game it sounds, sounds like Eddie doesn't know how to rest him uh, it, Billy I'm not surprised and sorry, sorry, I'm not surprised Billy signed. I think the USA team will be very different. I think we'll, um, I think Billy might be rested for that one. I hope so. Well, I think as well, going back to the Cock and a Singer debate, I think, um, or Thock and a Singer, I'm not even sure how to say that one. Um, we've been saying Thock and a Singer okay. for a while, but the, the, a lot of the pundits like to say Thock and a Singer. Um, and they maybe it's not that they like to say it, maybe they know that's what his name is. Um, maybe, so, maybe that could well be it. <laughs> that could be it. That could be it. Um, but anyway, obviously, yeah, we're playing Tonga, um, and they are a team of big bastards. So, do, does Eddie think that having you know Big Joe is actually going to be less impactful against a team that faced this kind of opposition? Not not England, but you know, big guys like Joe. Um, you know, on a regular basis, and he's thinking actually against a team like this, it's not about brawn, it's about brain. And we've got you know by having May and Watson and Daly in the back three, you've got playmakers and speedsters, and that's and that's going to be key, to particularly uh, when you're when you're facing a, a you know a potentially tiring team of big boys in in the Tongan side. And actually, someone like Big Joe is going to be far more of an impact against USA four days later. Um, who have more of a sort of team of, of speedsters, if you like, particularly in the backs, um, and that when they come up against someone like him, he becomes much more of a threat. You know, is it uh, to me that sounds like a really obvious? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, Eddie has said I can't remember his exact words, but I, I am massively paraphrasing him. Probably get it wrong, but he'll say he said something along the lines of Tonga are going to look to play. I I, I don't know game A and we want to play game B or something along those lines. Wow. And I think he's picked I know, I know, very prophetic there, but he's he's picked the team that I think he's gonna to look to move Tonga about. He's yeah, not looking to take them on physically. He wants to move them about. And and I think the team I that's a heck great Doesn't team. The team like have an average average weight of like nineteen stone per person or something. What, Tonga team? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's just their backs. They've got the biggest prop in in um, in in the history of rugby, or something. In the universe, yeah. yeah. I, like I think it's the biggest human. He's what? I think it's the biggest human that's ever walked the planet. Mm, I mean, now you're just paraphrasing again. Oh yeah, yeah, maybe. But genuinely, I think they, he's the biggest prop to have played, you know, professional rugby. 
I, I didn't know that, but that, I, I have no doubt that's true. I mean, but e- equally, it looks like the guy struggles to move around. Um, I've seen, I've seen I, I can't see him chasing down May. No, no. Or Jamie George, for that matter, which is one of the advantages England has. If he's just suddenly chases that, catches May, and then dumps him in half, then... But I'm yeah, there. so I think England are going to definitely want to move move the ball around a bit. But Tonga, like Fiji, I'm guessing, I haven't seen them play, actually, um, other than obviously losing by but 100, Tonga, 100 Tonga points. Tonga are not on the level of Fiji. To, to New Zealand. No, but do they do they play a similar style of rugby? Do they like to flick the ball around? Nah. And Tonga, Tonga like to hit, hit hard and crash hard. So, big, then, really, our biggest concern for this one is injuries, isn't it? I think, I think so. Let, let's get real here. Let's get real. We are not going to lose today. No, um, we're not going to lose any day during the next six, seven weeks, however long it is—eight weeks, nine weeks, whatever yeah, it may be. We've I think made that. Weeks. Yeah, we, we've, we've. It's a prediction but, that's been made, and we, we, we're confident in it. Yeah, but I mean, t- today we're not going to lose. It is like you say. It's about we've we've got to play our game. Um, one one selection that did quite surprise me actually when we we're looking at that is Laws ahead of Cruz. Uh, but again, is that simply? I, I don't think that's. I, I'm not saying that's good or bad. I think both are amazing players. But I I thought Eddie had Cruz as his number one, and I, I think thought, he does. I think Laws is more of an impact player. More yeah, but, but but don't forget that you know, Eddie doesn't need to play his world his his World Cup final. No, of course he doesn't. Of course he does. Um, you know, and and as I said before, you know, we've got another big game in four days' time. You know, so he's going to be wanting to look to rest certain players. Um, we've got yeah, Laws, Atoje, Cruz, uh, and um, and therefore uh, who's not involved? Um, Launchbury. Uh, who I think might be having, he might have a bit of a niggle. I'm not sure, but um, yeah. So you're probably going to see Launchbury against the USA. We'll probably see Cruz start. Maybe he's thinking Cruz Launchbury to start against the USA. Um, I think it's just about you know it's this is the strength of our 31. Um, you know I don't think we need to read too much into the starting 15 here against Tonga and say oh there are people that I thought were not Eddie's go to. Um, yeah, no, I, I, absolutely. I, and I do agree with that. It's a great team. That is, if that's not Eddie's first choice team of what's available, it's very close to yeah, it. Yeah, I think, I think that's exactly right. I think it's close. Um, I think there are a couple of people who maybe you would ch- change it up slightly. I think, you know, there's still that question mark of, is Ford Farrell at 10-12 the best lineup, or does he prefer Farrell at 10? Um, that's, we, we've still yet to find that out. Um, certainly it's looked in the warm-ups like having Ford at 10 has been a positive. Um, but is that is that a World Cup final lineup? I'm not sure yet. Um, I think we're going to see... We'll find that... We're going to find that out as, as the tests become bigger. Yes, yeah. But... Let's um okay so so let let's go let's go to today. I mean obviously we've been focusing on today. We're now, there, Dan. We're there. But but it's I, I want to watch this the Scotland Island game. So I'm going to hit you. I, it's predictions. I, I let's not go prediction score because I think it'll be fairly. I think England by sixty. I, yeah, I mean that is a big it's a big shout. Uh, conditions. It's going to. Oh no, we're indoors, aren't we? Oh, well, we are, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say conditions might play a, a part. Well, I, I, I think you still I'll... get the moisture in the air, don't you? You still. Oh, yeah, it's good. Well, the humidity, but in terms of the ball being dripping wet because it's pissing with rain and making it harder to fling the ball around and, and you know, play running expansive rugby, I think we're going to be able to do that still. Whereas, yeah, playing outdoors in, 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 in monsoon, um, possibly that's more difficult. Uh, yeah, I think I think you're probably you're probably there. I, do you know what? I'm going to go fifty. Ooh. I think I think England are capable of putting more than that on them. Um, what would be interesting is if they can nil them. Uh, yes, that that will be a big part of it. Actually, defensively, that'll be interesting to see. And with the Kamikaze kids at six and seven, which I love, and yeah, well done yeah. for calling that. Um, <laughs> you're welcome. It, are we, are we, are we claiming that one? I, mean, I don't think we ever said it before we heard it on the media, but we could just say it was us. 
I'm pretty sure it was us on the I mean, ball. We, we did some arrow. Why is no one else doing that one? Uh, I'm pretty sure we fought it first. Even the if the awesome foursome, that's, all, that's on us. Yeah. I'm sure there's others too. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Um, but yes, right, let's do it. We're, we're, I mean, we're, Ireland and Scotland are walking out, so let's uh, watch that. But we'll obviously... We're going to be well, back, Dan. We're going to be back. We're going to be in, back at half-time. Yeah, however long it will be. We're, we're recording this one a little bit early, but uh, we'll be back at half-time. We'll see how things are getting on, and we will catch you guys then. But for now, we're going to leave you with the anthems. Enjoy. So, uh, I mean, look, England, England are ahead. They seem in control. It's not quite as um, aggressive. I don't know what the word is. It's not. It's it's been it's an interesting first half. England. No, I mean, I, I quite like that. Right off the bat, it was clear that England have gone into this with a game plan. They know that in that first 20, 25 minutes, Tonga are going to be aggressive. They're going to want to try and, you know. They're going to want to try and do some damage early doors. And England have basically gone, do you know what? We're not going to play that game. And I quite like that. Um, you know, that England are confident that, that in that in the second half, and I'm confident that in the second half, they're going to run away with it. Um, yeah. So, you know, they control. They were controlling the game. But as a result, they just seem, England just seem a little bit switched off. And so there's lots of unforced errors. There was a lot of situations where England, when they had possession, were running into contact with no support. So the turnovers were coming, so penalties were being conceded. Um, you know, they're obviously trying to placate, placate Tonga's aggression, um, but yeah, becoming a bit blasé in the process. And so that was a bit of a worry. Um, but obviously, yeah, you know, I, the tries have I, come. And... I thought I thought it was more. I thought there was more nerves than necessarily blasé. I, I thought it took a while to settle into it, but. Like you say, there's, there's nothing that concerns me. They're, they're in control of a game. I think you're spot on. They're not looking to play that Tongan game because I, I think that'd be. I think we'd still win if we played that style of game. But there's no point to it. That's not how we play. No, and you risk injuries. And, and actually, you know, you saw what happened with Australia. They tried to do that against Fiji, and Fiji controlled them for 60 minutes. Um, yeah. England have decided to try to control the game, take a lot of the sting out of Tonga's uh, tail in the early stages and, and you know, I imagine are, are going to really step it up in the second half. Um, but yeah, it's, um, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because you, you don't, you don't come away from a half like that going, wow, you know, look at this England team. It's easy to sort of go, oh, of concerns. But I think, I think there's, I think there's a lot of control in what they're doing. I think there's a lot of intention in what they're doing. Um, and I don't yeah. think they were planning to try and stick 40 points on them in the first half. And actually, you know, they've still managed to score two tries. Um <laughs> People will question that Manny Tuolagi one because we never actually saw a grounding in the replays. But like the one before, I sent you a message. You know, twice um, neck rolls. I, that, the one before that wasn't given, it wasn't grounded. Correct, but yeah, he was rolled off the ball by his neck, and I, surely that's a penalty. And in that situation, last man penalty try. Um, the Manny Tuolagi one, it was the same thing. It was it was tackled round the neck. Um, the one that wasn't given that we then took the three points where, where the Tongan player reached back with the ball, I would have been interested to see if they just played that on a little bit because he was originally questioning there was a white hand and a red hand on the ball. But if the red hand on the ball was the one that took it back, it, would the advantage not then be... I, I don't know. I don't know how the rules work in that situation. No, no, no. If he, if he takes it back and grounds the ball, I think it's a five-metre scrum. No, 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 but he was on the ground, so he's, he's legally that's not allowed to take it back penalty. in the first place. Yeah, exactly, that's why it's a penalty. So, that, so, therefore, what, so, so the ball is now dead, even though he's done it illegally, and therefore... Yeah, right, I, okay. I believe so, I believe so. I believe it'd be the same as if he's on the floor and he grabs it and goes into touch. Fine. But yeah, so, so you know, it's... It, but England, yeah, they've still managed to score two tries. Um, they've, looked, they've looked dangerous, uh, you know, when they have attacked. They've made good ground. There hasn't been a lot of 
Tonga actually attacking. Uh, a lot of what Tonga's been doing is kind of aggressive defence and getting turnovers. Um, so, you know, I don't think England are going to be too worried. Um, the referee, I think, is having a great game. I'm loving the way he's explaining everything to the players in a way that it doesn't leave any kind of ambiguity. You know, that people understand what's going on. And, and as supporters watching the game, it's like, OK, you can't argue too much because you're making it very clear why certain decisions are being made. They, they say that. They're saying it a lot in commentary, aren't they? And, and you can't argue with it. I think it's been brilliant. One decision I really liked was for tackle on Anthony Watson. Yep. To me, that was completely fair. And if that had been more, I, I think that would have set a really bad precedent for... A president? Uh, president. <laughs> I didn't say <laughs> president. Sorry, my, my my English is going down for, for sort of the future. Not, not, not president, not like a, a clown president like Trump. But, a president, um, anyway. It would have been... It would have been a clown decision. It, I agree. I agree. I think I was I was looking at it thinking I almost feel a bit guilty because there's definitely an argument based on the 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 kind of the the rules if you were to take them word for word that you could say well yeah it's unfortunate but it is I mean he he did well to claim that it was a shoulder to the chest I think I it was a shoulder to the throat but but nevertheless I, I entirely agree I think I think there is a precedent in that in that situation he's lined up a safe tackle and Anthony Watson after it's too late for the guy to, to change what he's doing has suddenly dropped to his knees and if you start you know yellow or red carding people for things like that yeah you, you just like what do you do then you're now saying that yeah, you can you can target a safe tackle, but if the player puts himself in danger, that's on you. So so I'm glad that it wasn't that they that the ref said, I've seen it. It's it's nothing. Play on. Yeah, I I think that's a right call. Um, quick question for you, and I've asked this before, and bearing in mind some of the Fijian players, some play you know the likes of Sutton and that, but is Manny Tuilagi the most destructive runner in world rugby? Oh, he's. I mean, yeah. You, you kind of questioned whether or not he'd be slightly negated because he's playing against some big boys who are all about physicality. But even even here, he's just he's just well, causing first, problems. That first try, he got through. I, I didn't count exactly, but that's five or six tackles he's beaten. Yeah, and and it, not just attacking as well defensively. And then that hit that he put on, and actually it's interesting. So I got a I got a message from Billy, um, our Billy. Who uh, is often on the pod um, just uh, after that? Ah, uh, uh, Billy. Oh, Billy. Yeah, <laughs> hey, yeah. Not Billy. not Billy. He's on the pitch. Um, oh right. And yeah, it was it was a following that kind of massive hit from Manu, and obviously the commentators and Ugo in particular banging on about oh, if the if the guy had dropped a few inches, that could have been a real problem. Which is weird considering that we've just been saying how if the defender suddenly drops, it shouldn't be on the attacking player. Anyway, Billy immediately sent me this message. Commentary on England rugby is a bit of a joke. None of the commentators mentioned anything when Bigger basically jumping elbowed a Toje in the back of the head or when Kearney tried to decapitate Tom Curry. But Manu makes two <laughs> But Manu makes two legal tackles and all the commentary team want to talk about is that if he is that he should be careful and he could be going high if the player ducked. He said, Fucking hell, if my aunt had a pair of balls, she'd be my uncle. <laughs> and he uh, makes he makes a good point. Uh, it is a good point. It is a good point. Uh, and it's it, it's interesting. I mean, the the onus is on the tackler, but yeah, it, it's it's such a good point. It's true. But you know, there yeah, sure. If if Manu had gone higher, it would have been high a high tackle. But he didn't. You know, if if every single tackle was higher, it would be a high tackle. Do you know what I mean? Like, like the commentary. Yeah, it needs it needs to commentate on what it sees in front of it, not not what might have been if someone did something completely different. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I I like. Do you know what Hugo Monia is so knowledgeable about rugby? I find it. I find him a really good comment. I mean, on that, I get I get exactly what you're saying, and I I, I actually completely back Billy's point there, but. He's making the calls before ref. So, with whether Tonga guy took it forward, Hugo Monia just knows everything. I really like him as a commentator. I he said like if a guy plays on the floor, takes it back, that's not illegal. Behind the try line, there's no offside. Um, so generally, yeah. The, generally, you're the, happy with Hugo's commentary. But the, the, the take of the first half is the. The best performances has been by the referee in the commentary team. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's England are ahead 
Um, they're in a, they're in a strong position. Um, yeah, it's not going to be you know it's not a hundred points like New Zealand did, but I don't think you'd read too much into that because I think England have come into this with a very specific game plan in mind. I th- I think they are executing that game plan the way that they wanted to. Sure, they're going to go away and say we could clean up some of the the unforced errors and we could be a bit more clinical, but I think we're going to see things really step up in this second half and I wouldn't be surprised if there's four or five tries in, in, the, in the second half and that we see that scoreline that we predicted um, despite the slow start. Yeah, yeah. I, and look, let, let's bear in mind and and I can't remember if it was you, Ben, the other day saying, oh, full of cliches. Well, I'm going to give another cliche right now. A game of rugby is 80 minutes, yeah. That 40 it's minutes, a game of best... two halves. Yeah, exactly. Was that the best 40 minutes of rugby we played? No, of course it wasn't. But that... Let's see what happens in the second half. Well, and bottom line is the goal is to win every game. Yeah. And and like you say, I actually think our approach to this game has been quite smart. I agree. I don't think there isn't a need. Yes. Don't get me wrong. We need the bonus point win. I'm comfortable we'll get that. Uh, but there is no need to go out full guns blazing, trying to smash, smash the shirts of every player, trying to take them on. From that point of view. We'll and also, Dan, we, we, we don't need the bonus point win. We need to win every game. Well, yeah, we we don't need it. But but if we win every game, bonus points are irrelevant because... It, it is, it is. It, but, means, oh. it means that everyone else lost at least one. So, so you know, that's that, the, the main thing is win, win every game. And like I said to you, I don't, I'm not concerned. I think, you know, England are always going to be able to do more the longer the game goes on. Um, they're, in a, they're in a strong position at 18-3. They're just going to add to that in the second half. So, yeah. Let's go and see how they get on. Yeah, and we'll catch up at full time. Okay, so uh, first things first, bonus point win. England have opened their account um, and, yeah, points-wise, they've done what they needed to do. Um, what, what are your thoughts, Dan? I mean, you know, it wasn't exactly the thriller. It's, it's, a, bonus, nah, it's a bonus point win. It wasn't England's best performance. I suspect that will be our, our least performance of the World Cup. Uh you know, constantly improving till till the win in the final. Um, there were what I found interesting and what I quite liked. I don't. I, I'm quite interested in your thoughts on this. Was Eddie saying that's rugby? You know, sometimes when David Flatman put the question to him, was it nerves? Was it you know getting used to environment or whatever? However he worded it, and Eddie's just like, no, that's rugby. Some days it didn't work because there were some there were some instances that were just. But we're pretty poor, and there were some instances just just silly mistakes, like some silly drops. If I was uh, Willie Hind, I would at the moment be just throwing ice cubes at George Cruz when he like tried to throw that ball in his face. So a lot, some of the passes were quite unsympathetic. Yeah, um, what about the the, the Daily Slade? Ah, oh, to me, to me, Daily's Daily needs to be deeper there. Oh, da- I mean, Daily's. Le- I mean, Daily was going for the chip through. Why on earth yeah. though, would you take the chance of a little dink through when it's two on one? Yeah, like, yeah. Daly's, Daly's, and actually, what do you, you know? He's let. Oh, sort of, I haven't seen that. He's let Watson down because Watson, you know, oh it, all, 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 everything now is eyes on those two. And actually, Anthony Watson had just been awesome. He just run literally two thirds of the pitch, jinking in and out of Tongans, put Slade yeah. out wide, two on one. You know, it was about to be a bit of a wonder try by the end. Uh, and and yeah, Daly's just gone complete brain fart and just fucking decided. exactly. And you can see why Slade was was annoyed as a result because you know that that is schoolboy. That that is your classic. The first drill most people do in rugby two on one. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> and, it shouldn't and, have been simpler. Yeah, um, and look, it, they they were silly mistakes. They got the bonus point win. There were some great moments. I, I mean, don't get me, of course, and everyone says it in the reviews, of course we're biased. But, you know, equally, let, let's face it, that wasn't a great England performance. Are we worried? Personally, I'm not. 
No, I don't think so. I think, look, actually, it's, I'm, I'm glad you asked that. Okay, so it would be easy for people to say, you know, it was Tonga. Uh, you know, if that's the best we can do, they just lost to New Zealand a couple of weeks ago, 100 points or whatever. Well, in 2003, England lost to Samoa, who are, you know, same sort of level as Tonga. Uh, sorry, um, sorry. Uh, 2003, England beat Samoa, but it was 35-22. Yeah. They went on to win the World Cup. In 2007, yeah. England beat Tonga 36-20. They ended up in the final of the World Cup. Uh, yeah. Some Welsh Norse pointed out that in 2015, England beat Fiji. But I, think, <laughs> I, was, I was hating but, the fact that would come up. But, yeah. Fiji, do you know, but Fiji, I, I, don't, I wouldn't say that... You know, there was a time when Samoa and Tonga and Fiji and all of them were in the same bracket, but Fiji are in the top 10 in the world. You know, Fiji, Fiji we, are a good team. We saw against Australia, Fiji have a very good chance of qualifying so it's not that's not the same thing at all and, and the point I was making obviously was you know, look you know give, give these teams a bit more credit but also you know let's bear in mind that yeah there was a lot of handling errors a um, bit of rustiness uh, condition you know the conditioning I know they've been working hard to try and recreate conditioning but you're never going to be able to get it exactly right it's the first game of World Cup I don't know if nerves is the right word but there's definitely some you know, they just need to get comfortable with one another. England have been trying a lot of different combinations. Um, they did it again today to a degree, certainly at certain times throughout the game. They made a lot of changes, obviously, just as things were starting to pick up. And again, that means new combinations. So I think, you know, this whole campaign and you've got to win seven out of seven or you know, realistically, you've got to win seven out of seven. No one's ever lost a game and gone on to win the World Cup yet. Um, yeah. You know, so you need to be growing. With every game. And I think, you know, for an opener, it's a bonus point win. You can't really ask for a lot more than that. Would there have been much more value in sticking 100 points on them? No. In, in the grand scheme of things, would it have changed? If anything, you know, we've got a bonus point and some some sort of some things to learn from. There are things to learn from. I I, I mean, Owen Farrell said that. I think, you know, there's you know, stuff we can learn from. I do dispute that a bit. I don't think that they need to learn from them. The mistakes were mistakes. They were silly mistakes. It's not like, oh, I didn't know you shouldn't drop the ball there. Oh, no, but you what know, I mean it's is... It's just uncharacteristic. But, but but is the lesson taken from this? Guys, calm down a, a, a bit. You know, we don't need to be quite so frantic. We know yeah, we've, got, I, good, I we so, know we've yeah. got good handling skills. And this game has just shown us that when we when we get a bit, get a bit frantic and a bit chaotic, it can it can go horribly wrong. Let's calm it down a bit. Let's let's remember our, our our training and remember our skills and and let's just let it flow. And when because I think that you know, that same game, without all of without the the handling errors, you know, forget everything else that didn't quite work. But the take away those handling errors, that same game, I think they double the scoreline. Yeah, I I think so. I think so. That's the lesson that I think to... they take from this. Whereas a hundred nil, there could have been things they weren't getting right, but. You, it's very difficult to spot problems when when if if a if a if a game is that easy and you know we've seen it with New Zealand over the years you know not obviously the last couple of World Cups but prior to that you know they'd be number one in the world but they'd struggle in World Cups and I genuinely think that a big part of that was that they would play against teams like Japan back then stick a hundred points on them in the group stages and then all of a sudden they get into knockout rugby and they haven't had that test they haven't had that that opportunity to kind of grow with each game because every game's been so easy for them and suddenly they come up against a South Africa, an Australia, you know, whoever it might be, and they get knocked off France and they get knocked out. Um, yeah. So I think there's value in this. Uh, I think there are lessons to learn. Not obviously, obviously they know the one about the don't drop the ball, but <laughs> but the sort of the the more more just about you know their temperament and and making sure that their heads are in the right places during games and just just reminding them that hey, yeah, trust in our in, in what we've been training. Um, if, if we play our game plan, we have well-beaten players. We have the likes of Manu Tulagi, who, are, who, like I alluded to at the end of the first half, could potentially be the most destructive rug, runner in world rugby. We've also got the likes of Anthony Watson. We saw what he could do. Jonathan Joseph. If we play our calm game, we have got the talent and we have got in abundance the skill to score those points. Yep. There was some white line fever, I think, a couple of times. Ben Young's in the first half. He definitely should have passed wide. I think when Joseph came on, who did he come on for? Or rather, where, what was it? Was he playing twelve or thirteen? He was at thirteen, wasn't he? A man he? who stepped in and Farrell went to ten. I, I believe so. Okay. 
I mean, because it uh, does, I think there's a big. I mean, you know, just seeing what and I know it's against Tonga and towards the end of the game when they're tired and, but Jonathan Joseph looks so dangerous and he did, didn't he? You know, at the moment we are looking at Joseph. Well, for the thirteen shirt, we're currently saying it's Joseph Slade or Tuilagi. And that's not to yeah. say that you leave the other person out of the game, obviously. But yeah, that's that's the options really at thirteen, and then at twelve, the options are Farrell I, or so, Tuilagi. So I wonder if Slade is is. I think it's Joseph or Tuilagi for the thirteen shirt. With Slade, it's like I thought, which is nothing because Slade is a Slade is a great rugby player. He, he looks. Do you think that little knock that he got? And I know that. He oh, that worried me. Yeah, that he obviously got me. through it. Yeah. But the fact that it happened at first contact is that a worry? Because you put a player like that on the on the pitch, and it's all well and good saying, "Well, you know, if, if we've got cover, if something happens." But if it looks like it's likely that something could happen, are you just you know basically losing one of your subs because you're almost anticipating an injury? And in which case, would you be better off having someone else? You know, have Joseph Starks. They're kind of like for like. I I think Henry Slade's going to struggle to make as much of an impact in this World Cup as he could mm. based upon how good a player he is because he's been out so long with injury because has, has he rushed back? I don't know. I mean, initially, if you do one run and your first tackle, you go down and you're hobbling, you've got to, you've got to wonder whether, whether he should be on a pitch. But, you know, let, let's hope not. Let's hope there's yeah. nothing major. Okay. Do the ITV commentary team need to uh, chill out a bit on the mugging off of Tamifuna Tamifuna you know the big num- big the big prop they they literally couldn't stop talking about how he the minute he came off the pitch oh he'll be at the Genghis Khan barbecue we, we can say stuff like that. <laughs> That's ITV commentary and you know it's one thing to to make the joke once but they must have made the joke about 20 times. I uh, yeah I uh, you know, there's nothing <laughs> with a fat boy in that, that go to joke, isn't it? There's not much else you can do. Do you know what? That's for I us. Think... That's not for ITV. <laughs> That's true. I actually think ITV do the coverage quite nicely. There's small touches, like I was saying, afterwards. It can be a little bit tacky sometimes, but I guess because it's trying to be inclusive. Yeah, to get... you've got to, I, I, th- I 100%, I think. And, and I, do you know what? I think it's really good because there's you know, there, there are those of us who are really into our rugby who played for many years and, and, you know, we still don't understand all the rules, but we but we get it. Speak then, for yourself. Then there's a then yeah, I know you're one of these ones. Then there's a lot of armchair pundits who have absolutely no idea what they're talking about. They just like to watch the game and pretend that they do. Well, that's this is good for them because they get to learn why yeah. they don't know what they're talking about. And then you've got the people who are interested in it but have but you know don't know nothing about rugby and this is really valuable for them to understand the game better. But I've, I've exactly, and I think that's good. I think there's small touches as well that are, that are quite nice. So I'm not sure if you saw, but when they're in that area, they're all in their socks out of sort of respect. I, I'm assuming out of respect for Japanese culture. I think that's quite nice. Yeah, I, I think that's quite a nice touch. So I, I think there's things that they've done that are quite, you know, quite good. I mean, the, the quality of sort of talent in that punditry team that is huge. So it's so a Johnny. Delalio and Sir Clive. You're like, yeah, okay. I'm I know listening, a thing lads. Or two. I'm listening. Uh, about winning World Cups. Dan, let me ask you. Um, I, there, there was one violation today. Um, uh-uh. That hit on Billy. I didn't mind it. I think that should be a penalty to England because no one should be allowed to hit Billy that hard. <laughs> that like, was, I'm not that commenting on. I'm not. I'm not commenting on the on the the wrapped arms and things. I always find it a little bit difficult to. Um, uh, and he was he was low enough that I. Died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is this is not a this is not a a. It's I'm not, not showing a light go about the tackle on the tackle and trying to decide if that's you know the letter of the law and everything else. In some ways, I kind of think if you're smaller than the person who's tackling, uh, then the rules are different. I'll tell you, but I'll tell you exactly. Billy what happens. does not get knocked back; it's against his well, religion. It is against, but I'll tell you what happened. Billy only gets the eight-piece KSE bucket this week, not the twelve-piece, because he should not be knocked back. <laughs> I think Billy. I think Billy has to wear that one. It was a big hit. It was a big hit, and well played, well done. Um, yeah, I think the- situations like actually the re- I was watching one of the replays of it, and there's a brilliant view of um, Joe Marler who's on his inside shoulder, and as the hit happens, Marler's face. I mean, it's going to be turned into a gif at some point, I'm sure, because his eyes just open up like, "What the hell?" Oh, okay, I didn't see that. I must yeah, admit, I nice, didn't listen. Nice. I'll see if I can dig it out and put it on Twitter. 
Uh, that, <laughs> yeah, I please, please do dig that out. I, I missed that one. Um, overall, look, look, let, let, let's not let's not piss about. It wasn't the best England performance, but fine. We got a bonus point win, and you, you know we're, we're top five group in World Cup, and we're going to stay there. Indeed. Um, one last question for you, and we'll obviously we'll come on to we'll talk a bit about this. No, I was going to say we'll talk about it midweek, but our midweek episode is going to end up probably being the, the USA the, game, the start of the USA game. Um, we'll see. We maybe we do something on Tuesday but if not we'll cover most of it, cover most of it on um on Thursday but obviously we'll know the team by then we'll be talking about the team that's been selected is there anyone like just just quickly now because it's ahead of that game he he needs to take advantage it's only a four day turnaround he can't just play the same the same guys again who who are we going to see who who do you want to rest i think probably is the biggest uh, i want to rest billy i i want to see i want to see wilson i want to see jack singleton um who else do I want to see? I want to see McConaughey again. Yeah. Um, Launches. I, I'd like, yes, yes, launch me for sure. Anyone not involved today, I want to see on Thursday. Big Joe on the um, wing. Yes, Big what, Joe. What on about the wing. Piers Francis? Yeah, I, I yeah, I, I think that's the game to play him. Give, give these guys a rest. I don't think there's value in a few of them. I think maybe give another run out to. Well, I think maybe some have, of the guys that came off the bench. You could maybe yeah, get get yeah. them involved. Give them I'd a like start. To, or... I'd like to see, yeah, I'd like to see uh, front row Genge, Singleton, Cole. I don't even know if that works. I don't know. Yeah, that does work. Yeah, yeah, yeah that does... works. But um, I, uh, I don't know. I think Luke Karen Dickey might get another run out. Look, uh, yeah, I'd like to see Singleton. Yeah, maybe, but definitely but, uh, but, Singleton. But the two of them, rest George. Give George the day off. I, I want to see Willie Hines start. Yeah, I think that's the right call. Uh, I, I want to see not not just not just from a Respenyon's perspective. I still find Willie Hines just adds a bit more pace. So, so my question to you: so we, we're talking about trying everyone else out. We we have a very good reason for why we want to try and utilise as much of the thirty-one as possible because of the short turnaround and everything else. But these are the games; these two, you know, today and and Thursday against the USA. Certainly on paper, that we we don't need to worry as much about the result. They're kind of England. England should win them. Um, yeah. However, you know, there is an argument to say that England need to give their combinations, particularly their their knockout phase combinations, the opportunity to get comfortable playing in in actual in games together. So you can't oh, constantly yeah. have, oh, we'll have a different team for each game because you're always gonna, then going to have people who potentially are a little bit rusty. And is there an argument to say that today a lot of the handling errors? came down to players not necessarily being as comfortable playing together as you would be, say, you know, when you're playing for your club, when you know each other inside and out, and you know, you know that daily Slade thing on the outside. You know, If they knew each other better, if they played together more regularly, they would know each other's minds what, what they're likely to be doing. Yeah, I, I see where you're coming from. I, I think now is too late. To an extent, to be worrying about that too much. Well, no, but it's but you have the so the question becomes then: Do you make wholesale changes for the USA game? I, I because think you've got I think make wholesale changes, or do I you make wholesale changes, or do yeah. you try and give key combinations another run? No, I think you make wholesale changes. I think fatigue's a big thing, and I think we've seen our combinations can work. Look at the Island game. Yeah, you, you know we're we're not talking about a game in the Six Nations. We're talking about a couple of games ago, and. Do you want to know one of the big things that we can take, which uh, Eddie said, and the thing, we haven't conceded a try in two games. Yeah. Fair enough, not against a toughest opposition, but I think that's great. I, and I think in the, in the way the game's played these days, uh, you know, that's that's a really, really good result because, you know, any team can put a ball into the five metre and then win their line out and then anything, you know, they're right there. Um, so, yeah, I think defensively that's been that's been a really strong point and and you know it's definitely one of the things that they can take out of this game as a real positive yeah for sure i mean i did i i still can't quite work out why cole was given offside and they got that second penalty because the tongans knocked it on didn't they uh i, I, I don't remember the tonga knocked it on into cole who then knocked it on the the, the second knock on wasn't given cole then booted it backwards and he was given offside i, I didn't really uh, get it Someone explain it to uh, me, please. 
I need to, I need to relook at the incident. Um, let's do that, and we can answer that next time. But um, yeah, guys, thank you so much for joining us. the The World Cup has begun. It's been two and a half years in the making. This podcast, at least, yeah, um, the World Cup's when... gone on a bit longer. But yeah, yeah, a little bit, a little bit. But you know, we've we've been backing them since the beginning, blindly believing in this team, um, and you'll find out in six more games time why. Um, but yeah, we really appreciate, it. particularly those of you who've been with us since the beginning. But you know, all of you guys who tune in uh, whenever we post these episodes, it's oh. awesome having you on board. We never we never would have expected it to uh, to have done as well as it has done. Um, and obviously, that, yeah, that's down to you guys. So um, you know, keep keep reaching out to us. Get in touch. The World Cup is upon us now. Um, we want to react to your comments and your questions um, at England Rugby Pod on social media. Twitter's probably best, but you can get a hold of us on Facebook and even on Instagram. Although I don't check it that often. Um, EnglandRugbyPod at gmail.com. Send us an email. Let us know your thoughts. And get over to iTunes if you want to rate us and review us and let us know what you think there as well. And we'll obviously do our best to read out all of your uh, comments and questions. Um, and as we say every week, we really we want this to be a kind of a, a group discussion, don't we, Dan? So, um, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Great. Well, look, guys, we'll, we will leave you there. Uh, England, top of the table. Bonus point win. Looking strong onwards and upwards USA next that's on Thursday um, and if we don't uh, if you don't hear from us before um, tune in uh, after the game on Thursday to hear our thoughts we will catch you then 